Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothfeld, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weinzer. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. Yourself? I am very much looking forward to today's guest, uh, special guest indeed, uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, actor, entrepreneur, uh, spirits company founder, uh, kind of extraordinaire. Also, you know, somebody who uh, will give you an education in how to make vodka, which is interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know, <laughs> technically, <laughs> pays a lot of attention to the uh, to the actual technical uh, oh, aspect yeah. of, the, of of the trade, which which I always like to see personally. This is more than just a uh, a passing fad for him. He's been in the the liquor business for for years, and uh, you know, looking forward to to hearing more about. Um, his experiences and some of his stories. He's always uh, always fun to talk to and uh, engaging. Without further ado, here's Dan. Welcome, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, my uh, my my pleasure. I'm I'm uh, glad to be able to to come here and talk to such knowledgeable uh, individuals about beverage alcohol. And the sensible, moderate way to consume it. Well, thank you, thank you. We we try, <laughs> <laughs> not always successfully. <laughs> I don't know, man. You got a good rep and a uh, great record, and uh, you do wonderful research. And it's uh, it's just neat, you know. But bar chef science is is a real thing now in hospitality that drops so much to the bottom line of multiple uh, on-premise operators, you, you find now these star chefs are, are trying to get bar chefs and star tenders to come in and drive uh, sales into the restaurant. And it's bars that are attracting uh, people into restaurants or, yeah. or, or was, uh, you know, pre, pre the, uh, pre the virus. Yeah. And I think you're, I think you're right. I think we'll, we'll see um, whenever it's safe again for all of us to, uh, meet up again uh if, if anything bars are going to be ever more important than in cocktails and you know i think we've just spent yeah most of a year building up demand <laughs> that's for sure. and practicing it's pent up practicing yeah, that, that's, skill, so. that's for sure for sure the last week or so i was watching the new uh john belushi documentary and right things that really struck me was these amazing old photos and footage of, of you and, and John, you know, um, you know, when you, when you opened up the first blues, you know, bars, you know, and, and like what I wouldn't give to go to a bar like that right about now. Um, if, if, if I could step in for a second, Dan, I've never met you, but I have stood next to you at a bar. Oh, which one? Mickey's. Oh, sure. You, oh, wow. 1980. Well, <laughs> before or after we owned it? Uh, uh, before. Oh, yeah. Okay. We did buy that. 
a bar. We love that one because the other one, uh, the first blues bar on Hudson, got got taken over. But, but gentlemen, the the quality and sophistication of cocktails served at the two blues bars would would not rise to any standard oh, no. that you would be knowledgeable of. Uh, it was strictly cold uh, cans of beer and you know a warm whiskey and. There was no, uh, there was no thought there uh, to really make it a great bar. It was just a jukebox and a place to hang afterwards. People would bring their own drinks, uh, you know, champagne occasionally. But we weren't really, we weren't really, really sophisticated bar chefs back then. And <laughs> well, the jukebox uh, was good though. I mean, yeah. The jukebox had some of the best R and B, and blues on it, and really esoteric, cool hits, and and a lot of it is where we sourced the music for the for the the band when we did the movie and. Uh, and the records, you know, that jukebox was just chock full of obscure hits, Shake a Tail Feather and stuff Amazing that a lot stuff. of people had not heard from in the mainstream. I used to go, I, I lived in a nursing school dormitory at the time. And so I used to go down there with the nurses at about midnight, we'd get into an old station wagon and drive down and dance on the uh, two foot square dance floor in front of the jukebox. And that was our, uh, you know, <laughs> great Tuesday night. Well, it's, yeah, that those records were great. I, we could certainly go down a tangent talking about your time with the uh, the uh, nursing home dormitory. <laughs> Colleges and education. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. We had some dancing partners there anyway. At least that. You know, the original blues bars and then like the House of Blues, like how much of that do you think informed, you know, the way that, that you built your, your, your spirits company, Crystal. A, a place to go. It was always like a place to go, a place to go, go back to our place and hang and a place to be private and a place to enjoy our music and friends. And, uh, uh, so, uh, we, you know, that's, that's where it really started. And, uh, with the house of blues, it was to celebrate African-American culture, music, the art, the Louisiana cooking, and also a place to go. And of course, along with that came a great bar. Uh, and I always had a bar. I had one uh, in, down in, uh, in the basement near, on the bottom of the coal shuttle in my parents' old house in Ottawa when I was in college. Uh, I had a bar at the 505 Queen Street uh, uh, when I was at Second City. Um, you know, none of these were licensed uh, premises. And then the two blues bars. So I always had a kind of a bar. It's, it's just a place for people to go. I mean, in the old days with Southern Comfort in the winter in Canada or Benedictine, the, those great liqueurs. Uh, and, uh, and I really discovered the, the hard spirits industry through John Paul DeJoria, who you'll know mm -hmm. as the founder of uh, Patron Tequila. Of course. That brilliant art entrepreneur. Uh, and he turned me on to uh, the, the smoky taste of Patron Tequila uh, at the House of Blues in Los Angeles. I hadn't had great experiences with tequila and I, and I wanted to get a better margarita on my dock side in the Canadian summer and we only had two brands to work with that, that were you know standard brands so I he after I tasted it, I said can I'd love to bring this to Canada so I can make a better margarita in the mm -hmm. in the summer and he said well you know you'd have to import it into the country I said I'll, I'll do that with you and so we imported uh, my friend David Brown and I, an ex-posty like myself, ex-mailman, mm -hmm. and uh, and um, JP. We brought Patron to Canada. Now it's number the, one of the number one luxury selling tequilas in the country, uh, and now um, uh, Canadians can have what Americans have always had, uh, which is the taste of a superior quality uh, tequila. It's of course now uh, Bacardi owns owns the whole company, and uh, I'm no longer involved with Patron. But it led me to look into other categories, namely vodka. 
and I started to taste some vodkas and open them up, and a lot of them smelled like uh, Chanel Number no. Ten, or they smelled like nothing, or they had a kind of a rough taste or an over viscosity. And I thought, now surely, you know, I, there, there there must be a, a way to to bring a kind of a I don't know, maybe a higher industry quality to this. And I started to inquire as to why the overviscosity was there. No, oh, well, that's because they add uh, the fusel oils, glycerol, and uh, mm -hmm. and lemonine. And and oh yeah, what what are they? Well, lemonine, of course, in its raw form, it's a caustic citrus oil. And then you you know that glycerol is a cousin to antifreeze. I mean that that is true. <laughs> and uh, so they don't put enough in to hurt you or kill you. And you know, but I I'm thinking, well, what what is there a way around using those? So why do they put that stuff in there? They go, oh, they also put sugar in, and I go, wait, what? well, where, where, where's the pure spirit? Where you're burying the spirit in all of in this chain of carbon molecules? If you look at lemonine, sugar, and um, and the uh, and the, uh, the 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 glycerol, why 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 load it up? Can we try to do a, a pure spirit? So I went sourcing water, which is which really to make beautiful vodka, you you have to have sweet, good water. And I found that Newfoundland, Canada uh, had not only the water from the original Wisconsin glacier that melted into the province of Newfoundland. Have you guys been there? Newfoundland? I've not actually. Oh, it's it's so lovely. Not since I was a kid, but it's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And the water melted in there from the Wisconsin glacier. And it's sitting at the bottom of that rock. They call it the rock. It's 900 feet above the, the ocean there. And it's that 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 glacial aquifer, the original pool is sitting right there. And there's a government distillery, the government of the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, Liquor Distillery Corporation, the last state-owned still in the world, that makes whiskeys and, and, and other vodkas and that. And we went to them, and the water source was so pure, we began to play around with um, different formulas uh, without using the fusel oils. Mm -hmm without using a fusel and diesel they're very close and so uh you know it's a german word and uh you know and yeah. so we thought let's do a really pure vodka how do we do the purest well you can't add glycerol and you can't add lemonine you can't add sugar if you want pure spirit we took those out we got to began to taste we began to search around for the proper distillation that, that wouldn't take up the flavor of our mash our corn mash the original uh bottle here uh, that's from uh, Chatham, Ontario. It's the peaches and cream corn that you get in the summer in the mm -hmm. supermarket. And we didn't want to, we found we had a lovely natural viscosity with this. We didn't need to put anything in it and we didn't want to take out the flavor. Uh, so we uh, we did a four times distillation with it and uh, we find that that gets us the notes that uh, that we all love. Vanilla, sweet, dry, crisp with a kick of heat off the finish. Um, and it, it's, it's, a, it's lovely in a cold shot or of course with cocktails. And then with the wheat, uh, the Yorkshire wheat, we did we did the same thing, and we found that we could live without the oils, uh, and this was breaking industry standards. I don't know any other vodka that lives without the oils. I don't really know. I don't talk about other brands, but I know we don't. So we offer the consumer a super clean beverage and mm -hmm. offer bar chefs the choice of not having any glycerol, lemonine, and sugar in their blank canvas with which to make cocktails. Or, you know, put it in the freezer and... Uh pour out that lovely viscous cold uh, cold liquid sure sure and, and you know our our our, our process of, of uh distillation doesn't take the, the flavors out and then we, we keep the flavor and then we we do uh filtrations uh for super purity we do a, an agitated carbon uh mm -hmm. filtration that's not blowing 
the fluid through carbon pads in a sort of a static sense. We agitate the active charcoal, that's about seven hours, then we go into a micro mesh uh, array for about, I think, three of those, and then we take the Herkimer diamonds, they're semi-precious crystals on both sides, uh, and we pour it three times through, through them, and we get a minerality uh, added to our, our beverages that way. And also, at the end of a certain period of time, I mean, we're, it's, the fluid is so pure by the time it hits that uh, diamond cone. What else can come out of it? But sure enough, we have to change those diamonds, get new ones, or clean the ones because they become, there's a last bit of impurity there. I don't know whether it's psychic impurity or what, but <laughs> those crystals are drawing something at the end out. And we've won awards with everything. Now we have our new... Um, our new uh, onyx, which has never been done before, I think you guys might have been reading about it. It's a it's a blue Weber agave vodka yeah. made with the the fibers, the actual agave fibers yeah. uh, from Izetta, Izetta, which was a uh, substate of Jalisco, um, and we do a vodka style treatment on it. Uh, in other words, we uh, we do the pot uh, still, two pot stills in one column. Uh, to take the temperature up to the legal, uh, or, I mean, to take the, for the temperature to take it up to the legal uh, proportion of alcohol that you have to have to call mm -hmm. it a vodka, 95%, right? But then we, on, we only do the, like two pot stills in one column. So again, we're adding the sweet water and no other additives. So you're getting this, preserving this lovely earthy uh, taste of the agave. It's kind of like a sweet absinthe, really. It smells like it. It tastes like it great in cocktails bar chefs are loving it it's 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 really spicy and and earthy and uh and it's ne it's never been done so you're getting sort of the, the joy of the tequila mash uh with uh with the, the 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 vodka treatment uh to to really um really preserve uh the agave like a, a fluid mm -hmm. that i haven't had in a long time we call it the piano finish <laughs> steinway it's, it's a beautiful bottle and vodka is made out of grain and dandelion and um milk solids and uh sure the, but our story will always be uh, about not adding the the additives and and winning medals but we, we just won a, a medal there uh 95 points uh from anthony dias's dias blues panel in san francisco nice. there for the for the onyx he's a very uh, credible you know him of course and mm -hmm. uh he he's he's helped our company along because he saw the quality that we were trying to bring to our product you can't have a success like we have in 70 countries now with 
well, you know, millions of bottles sold without having the quality for, for people to come back and enjoy again and again. That's that's the, the key to repeat business is that quality. And that's, we really work hard. We take the mash from Chatham, Ontario. We truck it a third of the way across Canada. We put it on a ferry <laughs> boat for nine hours to go to the distillery. We put it through the the, the whole process. It goes into the mm. boxes, the bottle. Then we put it on crates, ship it back into the market, Ontario, around the world. For the Yorkshire wheat, it comes over in a, in a, a bulk container, the mash and it comes over and we, we ship it there and ship it back. So we really work hard to bring the consumer um, a great experience that we have figured out with the corn and the wheat, it, it costs you about a buck 32 per cocktail uh, with two and a half ounces than any other premium brand. So we're not that much above the other premium brands, but we are, you know, we, we are uh, confident, uh, you know, uh, that people will pay for a luxury experience that they can afford and God knows they deserve it. Anthony is one of the bravest um, people I've ever met since we were both supposed to have lunch years ago in New Orleans at Commander's Palace with uh, with T. Martin, one of the owners, and, and Anthony sh- showed up. I think he was wearing shorts and sandals, and uh, they said, uh, no, <laughs> like, no, yeah. thank you. you. Go back to your room, come back, change, and then you can have lunch, and, and he did. But uh, I thought it took a lot of uh, courage to show up there. Uh, not wearing pants. Uh, we know Commander's Palace has one of the strictest, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, dress codes in the world. I remember showing up when we were opening House of Blues with about fifteen of my, you know, motorcycle escort mm-hmm. with the Harleys and our Ooh. robes that we wear with the House of Blues on there. And you know what? We got we got a concession that day. I think because the tab was going to be so big. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can be sure there were multi multi cocktails uh, consumed then. Yeah, I think lots. You. Of- I mean, they're, they're strict, but they are business people. <laughs> No, that's true. That's true. But they let us, they let me come in that day. I, I guess because we all had ties on. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Well, one of the last times I was in New Orleans, uh, T was uh, hosting this culinary festival and she okay. sent police to get me at the airport and escort me with motorcycles, which was cool. Uh, drinks writers don't usually get that treatment i have to say uh, probably used to that all the time but <laughs> i i wonder how commanders is doing and although i i love new orleans of course we have uh, a beautiful house of blues there you know we have three thousand yeah. people that are now furloughed and it's just uh it's it's i i boy it's I, I can't wait to get back to open the venues up you know we are big fans all three of us here of the hospitality industry and we know how hard those people work to make a great experience it's entertainment from the manager from the owner manager right down mm-hmm. through waiters waitresses hostesses bar chefs uh you know back bar people there's a whole feeling that we've been able to create at house of blues a feeling of a willingness to work there and a willingness to engage with the public and where do you work house of blues and anybody that works there from the person that parks the car to the executives you mention you say well i work for house of blues people's eyes widen and go wow a cool place to work and so I pray for uh, a wonderful return, and we'll, we'll ignite them all and get them all going uh, once uh, we're past this, uh, you know. I, I pray the year will end, you know, it will start slowly and then end as a giant party for the last eight months yeah. of the year. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. You think all of your years, you know, like on SNL and, and before that, you know, all the different comedy projects and, and movies helped you kind of create like a more engaging and theatrical you know approach to, to like your bars and and all the different ventures that you do oh no doubt it's you're an entertainer man you know i i uh, i worked the door at all the house of blues whenever i was there in chicago i would welcome busloads of korean 
uh, tourists. I would, uh, on Sunset Boulevard, on our club, I would go mm -hmm. right out, present myself, and, uh, you know, as Preston Sturgis did with his club, uh, 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 you know, in Hollywood there, the Players Club, and uh, and there, was, there were many other, uh, uh, you know, people who just uh, held court and in clubs that were of, uh, you know, of, that came from movies and had have a place to hang. And so uh, I welcome people from the front door and I, I, uh, I worked, I worked hard to make that those places success and uh, on the front line. Absolutely. And of course you're presenting and you're hosting, but uh, some of the amazing nights of music, James Brown, I got to jam with James Brown. I got to jam with R little Richard. I play with him. Phenomenal. You know, one night Prince played all three floors and, uh, you know, I was able to walk around and make sure everybody got what they needed. Wow. Um, and that was that was amazing in L.A. Uh, we had, oh, so many wonderful Fantastic. nights, you know. Yeah. James Brown opened five, six clubs for for us. Yeah. With with me. And uh, yeah, boy, those yeah, were beautiful is... nights. <laughs> That's a true original. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, nobody worked harder than him, so. Yeah, no, those were great, great nights. Yeah, yeah. and of course, uh, we a big part of House of Blues are the bars, and especially the one in L.A. It's gone now, but I don't know. Have you ever had you ever been there when it split open, and used to you, you the room would be closed. You'd be in the concert hall. You'd look up and kind of see a closed balcony, uh, a faux balcony, and then the music would start, and the bar would open like this. To the bar above so the people above could look down under the show hall Amazing. and the people down could look up at the bar and i remember the night we opened in la uh i stopped everybody with the sheriffs i i i it was my guest list there were no cameras there's not a picture of that night no cameras <laughs> no video nothing no press no reporters no journalism i wrote a letter to all of the people in town who ran hollywood at that time i said if you want to come for a night for us you know, uh, come and I, I screened every car coming in, uh, stopped photographers and all that. You know, the sheriffs helped me to do that. And, uh, you know, we let everybody in. And the evening started with Spielberg on one side and uh, George Lucas, uh, or Katzenberg on the other side, each one <laughs> holding my arm there. I was like, camaraderie, let's have a drink. And I said, hold my arm. They, okay, right. They didn't know why. And then I gave the signal and the bar opened like this. And they, we both rode the bar opening as John Fogarty played for the first time in decades. Wow. Susie Q. He played wow. his music. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, the memorable nights were, you know, memorable sights that night were, was Clint yeah. Eastwood in the middle of the floor, you know, just swinging uh, two bottles at a, you know, a bottle and a bottle at, the, at a time. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful night. Beautiful night. Yeah. Lots of Phenomenal. great music. And the bars were so... Con you know, contingent to our success. Um, and uh, we, we, we broke some great brands there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I discovered Patron in a House of Blues, which led me to where I am today, talking to you. <laughs> I've always heard the story that, like, when um, John Paul, like, you know, asked you to, to, to do the Canadian distribution, that, like, like he kind of, I don't, I don't want to say, like, tricked you into doing it, but kind of asked you and then sort of announced it like a second later is is that true like at a, at a big party? oh he was he was behind it from the from from the very beginning of course uh i i said to him i said i just want to bring it to my little government liquor store in my village near where i have my summer place so i can just have a better margarita well he said you got to bring it to the whole country dan so let's you know, and, and then I've, oh i know a minute later you know it was here's our new importer for you know that's the way jp is you know always supporting his friends loving his friends about friendship 
making success uh, happen for the people that he loves, and um, and I, I was glad uh, I was glad to make it a success for him, and we we uh, we uh, we did contribute to their foreign sales substantially, and uh, and hopefully it helped when get the number that he did when he sold to Bacardi. I wanted to you know pay him back, and I think I did. Quite a story. Do you think that you'd ever do more um, like a uh, you know more? clubs or restaurants or, or bars we have uh on the blueprints we have blueprints for going with house of blues to nashville to paris to london to berlin to st petersburg uh to prague uh you know but right now everything is totally frozen and uh mm-hmm. we would uh the model would be we'd find local you know investors there that want a house of blues in their town and we'd bring them and we'd, we'd license it for them to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Live Nation is the parent company. And uh, of course, again, uh, you know, the, the health of the concert business uh, is ready to revive and, and move like a rocket once this thing is over, man. Wait, talk about bars, how about concerts yeah. and ticket uh, events and sporting events, you know, it's just the world is gonna come out after this and it's so, gonna be so good for hospitality. And I got a message for everybody that goes back to a sporting event, goes back to a restaurant, goes back to a bar, uh, goes goes back to a nightclub uh, or or any public event or a concert. Tip your servers well, very well. <laughs> Tip your servers well. Keep in mind what they've lost, you know. So add some zeros to those tips. And I know people in my industry are doing it, and also sports stars and. Anybody of note, any of the greats out there, uh, always give back. And uh, so the $1,000 tips are coming. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. Sure. Onyx is available all over with the, you know, the great. Uh, I love working with the state agencies, the Ohio uh, Liquor Control Authority, the Pennsylvania uh, Liquor Control Board, the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Uh, those supermarkets are wonderful. Uh, we have, of course, Total Wine and Beverages and more and and, uh, and Yankee Spirits there up in New England and all of our great associates from all over um, uh, selling the, the product and really having fun with it. And so the Onyx is out there and um, we will be um, we'll doing our Pride. Our Pride is coming out uh, again in June to celebrate diversity and uh, we embrace, uh, you know, we embrace all uh we are a canadian made vodka and this has had that uh, community embrace us because uh, we're not made by countries that uh compromise uh gay rights uh for lgbtq2s uh people now two-spirit people and so uh we we celebrate that and we have a great constituency i just went to boys town in chicago last year and did an education session and they serve gallons of this on a sunday uh, where they p- pump it up from the basement, they serve it in a kind of a beautiful Sunday punch, and boy, it's 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 delicious. And uh, and again, with Crystal Head, when you serve Crystal Head, any of our products, you're going to have that alcohol, pure spirit, creep up over whatever mix you are are using. It's just uh, you know, it's just that we we make our beverage. We're not afraid of our alcohol <laughs> scent and our alcohol taste, and it is the uh, the bar chef's clean slate and virgin canvas. Yeah. I'd love to, to go to the Iron Horse down there in, uh, in lower Manhattan with you guys and, and sit. And uh, they used the head there for years from our very beginning. And it's a great supporter of the head. And I'd, I'd love to have a drink with you guys when this is all over. Absolutely. Please. First round's on us. Drink quarters for the good box. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Indeed. Take care. You, you too. too. Cheers. 
Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.